Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 29th of May 2012. I always tell people at the start of the broadcast rather than pester them all throughout that they should go, go into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and make use of the website. Lots of people are of course, but newcomers should try it because there's thousands of, uh, over a thousand audios for free download where you can start to understand the system you're born into. And for it may give shortcuts to the young. That's probably the, the beauty of it. Uh, they can save years of banging their heads against a system where they think that maybe they're a failure. They aren't getting uh, the carrot as they're promised to at school. And they can learn to understand it's not their fault. It's the, a rigged system. The whole system is absolutely rigged. And uh, it has been for an awful long time. The trick is to create nations and then get nations to compete with each other, just as they used to do with factories. And the Soviet Union was a great example where they gave awards to factories that would outdo another factory within the Soviet Union. They're doing the same game now with countries. We've got to compete with China. We've got to compete with Europe. It's all competition. And, of course, it's all so that the same clique, basically, who gave you the system and run it all can profit massively uh, from the whole uh, shebang. So help yourself to the audios, understand the, the organizations that flourished in the 1800s and got together in the, 19, the late 1800s and formed a world society with the intention of taking over the globe and all of its resources, including the, the human resources too. It's quite simple, really, when you understand it. Written about by people who were involved in it, world meetings. They love to turn their books out. Nobody reads them. But it's all documented stuff. And you're living through the proof of it today. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you. You can support me by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com because I don't bring on advertisers as guests or or give you drama or anything like that. I just give you the straight facts as they are, and uh, I don't sell you anything apart from the books and discs. So you can buy them at cuttingthroughthematrix.com, and from the U.S. to Canada, you can use personal checks or international postal money orders from the post office, or you can send cash or use PayPal across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. And as I say, the the documentation is just astonishing when you get into the old books. And even bureaucrats today, as they retire, love to put their memoirs out, uh, boasting about the, the, their participation in global meetings and the various things that were organized for the public to participate in, unknown to the public, of course. But they, after the, the facts, the, the, uh, the events, they love to churn out the facts and let you all know how clever they are. Uh, that's the beauty of the system. They always reveal the method after they've done it all and con the public. The media, of course, is owned by them. It's so well-documented, too. 
that they took over the media a long time ago, all the big rubber barns, as they're called. Rubber barns, by the way, is a good book to read, and it tells you how the early boys in, in the U.S. got their start and how they plundered the public over and over again, even using their tax money, of course, through Congress, just like today, to build their big empires. You can't do it on your own. You've got to get the public inputs and the public purse, of course. Once they have that, they own it privately. Still do today, in fact. Talking about that, too, Canada's rail system is is supposed to get put back from being on strike by the government and have ordered them all back on, the Canadian National and and, uh, the other ones, too. But they're all owned by companies in New York anyway, so they're not Canadian after all. And judging from the freight that passes here, there's hardly a thing that isn't from China because all the Chinese names and all the, the boxcars that go past me every every single day. It has been for years, mind you. But you're supposed to compete with China. This is the, the latest game, of course. And the boys that set up uh, through uh, the, the CFR, the system, boasted they'd do that 30, 40, 50, even 90 years ago. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix talking about the big system you're born into and how it's rigged. It's rigged from this very get-go and your parents help with the conditioning of you because they don't know either, basically. And generally, anyway, for most folk, they don't know. They don't know to warn their children like any mammal does what's dangerous in the world. And if you don't get warned, you're very naive and you go along with the system, which is completely rigged to make sure that you never think your way out of it. And you'll blame yourself if you can't get to the top. You'll also see uh, certain nasty characters really getting to the top, and, and it can make a lot of people bitter as well. That's very, very common. And you don't realize, as I say, it's all rigged by various degrees, by different techniques, all working together to make sure that most folk never catch on to what's actually happening. But uh, you can go into the history of even commerce and industry and uh, and study that, and you'll start to catch on to the to the tricks that have been used for thousands of years. But they've been perfected, of course, and today they're churning out more billionaires than ever before, uh, generally from the commercial class. And, um, and, and these guys have been at it for such a long, long time, banking and commerce. I used to call them merchant bankers at one time. But uh, they've had countries, right and left, to the extremes of both, uh, running them both. They can, they can really cope with any kind of system since they create the systems that you end up in. And some of them are uh, start with horror shows like this, the, the, the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia. And as I say before, they, they, they try to make everyone patriotic. And you had to have commerce and you had to have industry going like crazy because there was enemies everywhere, you understand. There's always enemies, lots of enemies, and lots of enemies within too. And that way they can kill off everybody who complains as an enemy or a counter-revolutionary. They're using the same technique now in the whole, all of the Western countries, the enemy within sort of thing as you go into totalitarianism. And at the same time, you're still churning out lots of multi-billionaires who help get themselves very, very rich by lobbying governments for big cash for things like, well, sustainable development and windmills and whatever they decide is going to be the next thing because we always, they always use a public purse, you see, to, to bolster them up from nothing. Great business, you know, when you can guide history. You're guiding the future, you see. Great techniques. 
And uh, now we're all to compete with each other, as I've said before, and just like they did in the Soviet Union. They'll even come down eventually giving little medals to, to the top worker uh, uh, for, for the year or for the week even. They used to do that in the Soviet Union from a factory who outdid his, his rival in some other factory. Now it's, it's, we're all competing with China, which is ridiculous. You know, the, the stories we're coming out with today were, were coming out 20 years ago, 30 years ago even, when they talked about building China up. Because they talked about building China up actually in, in the 1930s at the Council on Foreign Relations uh, uh, meetings, which they held that year, 1938, in Australia. Uh, long before we'd even thought of it, because China was a third world country. It didn't pull itself up by the bootstraps. They were put up, you see, by those who already controlled the globe and all the banking and the governments as well. We really, truly are in a rigged system. But it's almost pretty well passe to mention it today because it's all done. It's all done. When they set up the the United Nations, the whole point of it was to do away with sovereign uh, nations and put uh, us into three trading blocks, as Karl Marx mentioned a long time before, you see. And then the trading blocks had to compete with each other into the ground to create the next bunch of billionaires that would go off into the sunset and live with their own in some wonderful island somewhere. Anyway... That's the real system that you live in, and uh, you have to belong to the group to begin with, be born into them, be connected with them in various ways, or you have to join them externally from an external group into them via uh, very high orders of masonry, things like that, to just even try to get up to lick their boots. Even licking their boots, mind you, makes you awfully wealthy, as many politicians have found. But um, we also get trends getting sent out for, for us all the time. Trends, that's what you gossip about and, and how they obfuscate life in general by giving you weird stories and things like that, which often are cover-ups in themselves for big experiments that go on uh, the public. Or they're done in the public all the time without you knowing about it. The governments will never, ever admit all of the experiments they've done on their own populations. Occasionally, bits and pieces of them are admitted to. They're declassified at 50 years after they've killed everybody off and or, or crippled them through cancers like they have done in England with all the spraying of various substances, including cadmium, uh, back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, and, and it's never really stopped If they're not doing that, they're injecting you with lots of things that they say are good for you before your immune system is even uh, working when you're a baby. And and then, of course, they follow you all down through your life to see if it's very effective. What kind of public are they creating, in other words? Are they dumb enough to go along and never rebel? Uh, Well, they never figure... See, for a good worker, you don't want someone... You want someone who's cheap to keep, basically. Doesn't eat too much. uh, Doesn't need too much. Who's who's quite happy with simple things, very simple things, simple entertainment, cheap, and, and that doesn't want much out of life, and uh, who's obedient to the boss and doesn't cause waves. You see, that's what you want. Plato talked about it thousands of years ago, creating that exact type of being. It's never, they've never stopped talking about it. It's a dream for those who rule, you see. And, of course, it doesn't stop them from trying. Bertrand Russell, Lord Bertrand Russell, who was an intergenerational peer in the House of Lords, um, 
And he had quite a family history, too. I touched on one of his predecessors, I think it was his dad, actually, who actually called about... The, he actually said that, the, the, that during the famine in Ireland that the people were just white chimps. White, white chimps, he said, because Darwinism was awfully popular amongst the elite, still is, of course. And, um, and Russell took over. But Russell himself said that the, these techniques of uh, using, of dumbing down the public uh, by the use of food, uh, chemicals, um, he said, we shall use, include, and, and put it in the water and the food, he says, and even by the use of the needle, he says, we shall create compliant uh, populations. It says this is irresistible. This ability to do this is irresistible to governments. In other words, they would definitely use it. And, of course, they have been using it. They talked about overpopulation uh, back in the, when they created the League of Nations, the precursor of the United Nations. And the same group that you created these groups, the UN and the LON, uh, are the boys who set up their own Institute of International Affairs. They're all bankers and bankers' sons international lenders, and their counterpart, their, their, their branch for the America was called the Council on Foreign Relations. They have the CFR all over the planet now, and they put in the presidents and so on. So we live in a completely rigged society is what I'm saying, and um, at the bottom we're just lab rats, where, where we, we sit in, in, in a cage every morning and chat amongst ourselves when we wake up and say, what are, what are the guys in the white coats going to do to us today? That's really what it's about. That's really what it's about. We can talk to our blue in the face. They can, we can actually can simulate that with chemicals too. But the thing is, there's nothing they can't do and nothing they will not do for this world society that they're bringing in. And it's not going to be a fair society. It's not intended to be fair. It's all rigged again. They have so many factions too, all funded by the same foundations that actually fight each other. And that's why you can't get unification on anything amongst the general public. It's all intentional, divide and conquer. And they supply the leaders for all these different NGOs and groups that end up standing up for this right and that right and and every right under the sun. And some you can't even think of yet. They're always making up new ones. But we get tossed little tidbits occasionally. And I can remember when uh, there was a series of books came out, they made movies about it too with Anthony Hopkins, and, and one of them was to do with uh, uh, Hannibal, the cannibal. And at the time there was speculation about, uh, of course anything that came out like that from fiction generally comes into reality, there's something else going behind the scenes. And at that time the military had been publishing articles about using very high uh, high-tech uh, chemicals to for the modern soldier who would be not just fearless in battle, but he, he would be like an animal, a wild animal that was going back to uh, a primitive stage, very primitive indeed. And then Jacob's Ladder came out, which was a, a quite a good movie uh, based on that kind of experiment that they were doing with the, the, the troops at the time. Uh, and out of that came BZ, a, a, a chemical which apparently when they gave it to chimps, it made the chimps rip each other apart, literally. And they're going to use this on the troops. Only a few weeks ago I read an article about uh, some other drug they tested on some troops which made them uh, kind of lovey-dovey, maybe too much. I don't know if it can be too much these days. It depends what they're pushing. But uh, amongst each other, uh, but they'd be very hostile to, 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 to troops outside the group. 
So they're always experimenting, and the, the military is a great place for, for doing so, always doing that. It was only a few years ago, I think the last couple of survivors from World War II in Canada actually got compensation for being sprayed upon with all these dangerous drugs from the air uh, that they were tested on by Canadian pilots uh, that ended up killing all, everybody except these two. They all died of cancers. So anyway... That's the real world we're living in. It's, it's very dangerous to be alive in this day and age, especially when you're naive. But see, democracy is great too because they count upon the majority of the public being naive. It's like getting an inoculation and say, well, that's taken or it's not taken. You see, by testing them, they can tell if it's taken or it's not taken. Your indoctrination works that way. And those who are naive and believe everything, are, are, their, their, their indoctrination has taken on them. But so you're surrounded by them. So they always use the majority to push the minority along with whatever agenda they're going. What was wrong with you? They've all accepted this. It was your problem. Same at the TSA. There's no point being a minority saying, oh, why don't I agree with this? And then you end up getting your pat down and, or they jump you or, or taser you or whatever, because the majority will stand back like with cow eyes and just, you know, moo, basically. That's why they like democracy. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, talking about, basically, democracy as they call it, where you can count on the majority to go along with whatever their masters want. You can count on it. They're guided towards it and they always go for it, you see. Because they take the path, the path of least resistance. Even if it's detrimental to themselves in some cases in the long run, they'll still take it, you see. They live in hope. And of course, they, they always use the majority against the minority, but well, they've all accepted this and What's your problem? And it starts off very early, in fact. If you watch children's cartoons, they get them to do things in unison. These idiotic adults pretending that they're children. It's just amazing. Just, just astonishing, isn't it? When you, have you ever watched any of these ridiculous things? Like Mr. Dress-Up. They said Mr. Dress-Up. Boy, the indoctrination starts off early and a long time ago. But I remember going to class the first year at school, and uh, the teacher was making everyone clap their hands. Like all in unison, you know. And I said, well, enough of this. And I walked out and went home. It was a nice day, though. I had a good walk. But you see, you got to understand, everything is to get you to conform and be part of the team. Conformity, conformity, conformity. And, of course, John Taylor Gatto and Charlotte Iserby have done very good exposés and books about uh, uh, the, the deliberate dumbing down of America and the techniques used. But it wasn't just in America. It was across the whole so-called civilized world, as I say, to make a, a perfect uniform society that would be awfully obedient to their masters, who, who be, really are uh, getting behind the mask of propaganda and, and public relations are, are the, they're just nothing but gangsters at the top. That's the truth of life, and that's how it's always been in every so-called civilization. But once in a while, as I say, things will come out, and obviously there's this military testing or something going on here and there within society. A, a long time ago, I read an article, it was about the CIA. Uh, it wasn't just to do with MK Ultra. It was the ongoing experiments they had for over 30 years. 
they tested thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people uh, to do with prostitutes and johns. They hired the prostitutes. They had teams. The CIA ran teams of prostitutes across America and other countries, and they would try to get the, the, the johns uh, to take different drugs, and, and they filmed it all. I, I mean, how much of this stuff do you, would, would you have to film? What was the aim of it all? You'll never know. You'll never know. But it, they definitely have been at a lot of shady, shady things for an awful long time. Maybe we're just the guinea pigs. Because after all, see, the CIA isn't there to protect America. It's there to, to ensure that the, uh, the elite who rule, those who dominate, the dominant minority, go on into the future with the kind of society of slaves or whatever that they want to go in with. And remember what Charles Galton Darwin said. He says, we're in the process of creating an, a new, more sophisticated form of slavery for those who think they're actually free. You know, you are in a form of slavery. It's always been that way. But um, he, that article I read yesterday to do with the guy who was eating another guy, both naked and uh, next to a big... Um, News studio, in fact, had to be in something that slipped out. Something's probably been tried within the military in some level and then got out to the public. And you do get idiots out there that will swallow anything that will get them some new kind of high uh, as they go from high to high, as they call it. It's, it's odd to call it high because if you people watch people taking drugs, they generally slow down. It's like they get awfully low, not, not high, but that's the way that they call it. To attract the youth, of course. But it says, Miami's gro- uh, growling cannibal. I laughed after that. I read that article last night. I, could have p- I pictured a guy growling like an animal. It says, now named as Rudy Eugene 31. And um, it's, it says, uh, uh, the man who was shot dead in Miami at the weekend after he was found biting the face off another naked man has been identified by police. Now, the, apparently they've got a, an outbreak of this. Isn't it weird? They've been churning out these ridiculous, silly zombie movies for years where you get infected with something and, and you suddenly want to strip off and, and kill guys that are uninfected. It's just ridiculous. But here you get it breaking out. In Miami, where else Miami, the drug capital, eh? where it all comes into America. Anyway, it says, um, Rudy Eugene is report, reportedly growled at the police officer after he was warned to back away. He just turned and growled like an animal who's protecting his grub, you know. It says, uh, so that the aggressor, uh, continued to eat the victim before the officer opened fire several times and killed him. And the attack next to, to a busy road on Saturday afternoon has been linked to an LSD-like drug. Now, this is probably disinformation by the top, known as bath salts. Eh? Bath salts? Uh, really? Yeah. This is about 75% of the victim's face was reportedly missing. And the cyclist who found it, first came across him was Larry Vega, said there was blood all over the place when he came across the horrific scene by MacArthur Causeway. Uh, I told him to get off, he says. The guy just kept eating the other guy away, like ripping his skin. He said he alerted the police, who warned the attacker several times to back away from the victim. And the guy just stood his head up like that with a piece of flesh in his mouth and growled, he says. So the victim, who is said to be a homeless man, remained in a critical condition in hospital on Tuesday. And uh, the Miami police spokesman said, we're expecting a report from our detectives to give more details to the media. Well, what's the delay on it? Eh? Like they have no chemistry labs or anything? She says, we're also looking for more witnesses to the crime. What are they going to do with the witnesses, I wonder? <laughs> mm. 
Anyway, it says, Ives Eugene, Eugene's uncle, described the nephew as a nice and hard-working man. They're all like that, aren't they? Who washed cars at a local dealership. I think I'd look at the detergent pretty closely if I was him. <laughs> Back in a moment after this break. listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix talking about the, the weird things that go on and filter it into the media and then get covered up by other stories or excuses, put it that way, for what's obviously some kind of weird experiments going on somewhere that's got out of some lab, probably by the military and to the general population because they always do, always happens. But uh, the military's definitely been working on uh, powerful drugs to make uh, soldiers super aggressive. And it's quite a long history of that, in fact, and a lot of, has been exposed on it, and a lot more, I'm sure, has been covered up. But it says, uh, Armando Aguilar of Miami's Fraternal Order of Police, that's their, their lodge there, told a CNN affiliate he believed the suspect could have overdosed on a type of drug known as bath salts. Bath salts. Made, <laughs> made with the active ingredient methadone, the synthetic substance often causes users to become highly aggressive and experience intense hallucinations. Well, I've had that around for a long time, and this is the first time this has happened. He says, he cited four past overdoses in Miami area where people had also removed their clothes and gone berserk. It causes them to go completely insane and become very violent, he says. Well, as I say, uh, uh, the, the military's tried lots of drugs. There, 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 are, there are drugs that you'll find in Colombia and other places. Um, one of them, you can drive a chemical scopolamine, I think it is. They actually have used that in psychiatry and, and, and experimentation on people. But uh, it can do a similar thing. It, also, but it generally makes people very compliant until you can tell them to do whatever you want and they'll do it, even help you rob them. And I'll put a link up tonight on that. But this one here is more like the BZ type uh, that also made people, it, it made them uh, hyperactive. It also raised their temperature, made them throw off their clothes. That's generally why they'll do something like that with, with the, on these drugs. They're very hot. And but what gives them the appetite, I'm not really quite sure. It's something else added to it. But if they gave that to the troops, they'd be, they'd be quite good because they cut back on rations on the fields. And uh, they could, so it's cheaper, in other words, to, to run them that way in, in, in the fields. So we'll never really know or get to the bottom of this until somebody else leaks something out. And if they choose to do so, we'll, we'll know about it. Same thing, too, as, as that's happening there. In Canada, where nothing happens, because we're awfully good at illegal stuff in Canada, we don't uh, give air or dirty laundry to the general populations of the planet. We just put out little movies about you know, the RCMP hunting down bad guys in the snow, things like that. And, uh, and that's why the people really see Canada. They don't realize the stuff that really goes on inside this country. So we're very good at propaganda and covering up because we use the old uh, colonial-style uh, technique of covering things up, meaning anybody who mentions anything gets fired, or, or even worse. So anyway, a human foot was pa- in a package was sent to the conservative headquarters. Right? Today, I think it says. So 
It says a police officer removes a package containing a human foot from the Conservative Party headquarters in Ottawa on Tuesday. Uh, it says... Um, Security personnel member walks past the door of the Conservative Party of Canary Office and all these photographs and stuff at the talk. Anyway, it says, the police are investigating after a suspicious package. They're very, very British in that sense. You're calling it a suspicious package. They're already told it's a foot, right? Continuing a human foot was delivered to the Conservative Party of Canada's headquarters in the capital, Ottawa. Upon arrival, officers noted that the box package possibly had bloodstains on it, the news release said. The, ha- the hazmat unit, they sent in the hazmat unit, and the emergency operations section were called, and upon further inspection of the package, it was determined that there was, possibility, that there was possibly a human foot in the box. And the coroner's office in Ottawa confirmed Tuesday evening the foot inside the box was indeed human. That's what the experts were. And it says CTV Ottawa's Joan Schnur said police have yet to confirm why the foot was sent. Well, they'd have told us, right? Um, but it's quite interesting to see that this was sent. Now, it could be a stunt by medical students or something, because we've got lots of bodies now to play with uh, and, and take organs from in different parts and all that. So we'll, we, won't, we won't know. Um, or is it a threat from some other rival party at that level? But um, anyway, it's, it's interesting to... <laughs> the police sergeant that says, he looked at it and he says, it was suspicious. I'd say so, wouldn't you say that? <laughs> the initial package was opened and it was deemed suspicious, he said. That's why they're police, you see. They don't, they, 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 they actually, any, any ability to elaborate in, in a, a speculative way is drummed out of them. They can't be colourful, so they, it was deemed suspicious uh, getting a foot in a box. Yep. So there you go for the news for Canada. Uh, quite some indeed, eh? And also, uh, mass migration is super rich. Now, for as long as I can remember, the United Nations has been, has been prattling on, because remember, they're owned by the in- international bankers who set up the Royal Institute of International Affairs, and they also set up the United Nations. Because they want a, a kind of socialist-type system to run the dumbed-down masses and, and pretend that you've got a champion. And, of course, that's what the UN pretends it is, with the champion of the downtrodden sort of stuff. And it's, of course, that's how they, they run us, by cons. But it says the mass migration of the super-rich. They've always talked about the massive gulf between the rich and the poor is growing. Oh, it's going ever wider. In other words, it's harder to jump across. Yeah. But it says the global rich are on the move. It says whether it's wealthy French or Americans fleeing the prospect of higher taxes or wealthy Russians and Chinese trying to escape political uncertainty, millionaires and billionaires around the world are migrating like never before according to government statistics and relocation experts. They've got experts in everything, eh? Relocation experts. Anyway, there's a sudden awakening amongst the wealthy that they're no longer bound to, to a certain country. Now, when have the rich ever been bound to a certain country? You understand? It's like thousands of years they've been at this, this game. Said David Lesperance, a Toronto-based attorney who specialises in relocating the rich. After the session and other recent events, they realized they need to get themselves in better fiscal shape. For the wealthy, the idea of moving has changed from something that's interesting or exotic to something they feel they really need to do. The number of Americans seeking to renounce their citizenship surged to more than 1,700 last year, more than twice the rate of 2009, according to the U.S. Treasury data, uh, compiled by Andrew Mitchell, international tax attorney. Among them was uh, Eduardo Saverin, the Facebook uh, billionaire who famously moved to Singapore before giving up his citizenship last year. This year, 460 people expatriated in the first quarter alone. 
in France that wealthy are eyeing Switzerland, Britain and Singapore as possible escapees from President Francois Hollande's proposed 75% tax on income exceeding 1 million euros. They never do that. They always tell you that to get elected. And once they're in, they play the hard left idea and all that nonsense. You can also tell the classes they're in too because it says in France the wealthy are eyeing Switzerland, Britain and Singapore. Well, you know Switzerland's number one if you've got billions, you see. Uh, Singapore probably too, and then Britain at the bottom if you're just a millionaire. And you'll lose that quickly too with the taxes there and the cost of living. But it says um, in the end, 2010, more than 33% of those fleeing uh, are French, it says. And meanwhile, the newly rich people in several emerging markets, such as Russia, China, or Brazil, are looking to come to better to protect their, their wealth or families, it says. Uh, and Brazil is stinking rich, actually, because the drug barons are there. They've always been there, actually. They came in with Columbus and, um, and Cortez. And the elite actually have always been the same elite, uh, running all of Latin America and the drugs, too. Anyway, they want to get out because it's not dangerous. Uh, they want to keep the market running, but they want to get out themselves. Anyway, the combination of slowing growth, political uncertainty and volatile markets at home has lured some of the newly rich around the world to move to Britain or the United States. Wealthy Russians are moving to London. That, that, they've got the biggest amount of billionaires in any city, actually, is, Russia, is, is Moscow. Yeah. And it says uh, they're moving to London as, as such, in such large numbers that local commentators have coined the term London Grand. Uh, Roman Abramovich, the Russian multi-billionaire who owns the Chelsea Football, football Club, is the highest profile rich Russian in Britain. But he's only one of ten Russian billionaires living there, while an estimated 1,000 Russian millionaires now call London home. Because you see, the same guys that uh, you understand under the communist system, it's the same families that plundered the country. There's lots of money we made during the communist era if you belong to the right clubs, basically. And uh, and many of them fled, fled afterwards. They, it, it wasn't a sudden collapse of the wall. It was all planned to go down. And most of them had already put their money abroad into big bank accounts. And they headed off for L.A. and other places as well afterwards, and even Toronto. Attorneys and real estate agents in London who deal with Russian rich say their clients are attracted to stability and refined culture of London, as well as the relative safety. After tumultuous presidential elections last year, wealthy Russians are increasingly nervous about the country's political stability and their own fortunes, the experts say, it says. Meanwhile, Chinese millionaires and billionaires are flocking to the United States. Uh, that's all you have to do. I can remember Nixon uh, talking to the head of, of, the, of uh, China once. It was a kind of... Uh, one of these uh, visits, just like they had with Gorbachev, you know, they'd, they'd put cowboy hats on each other and have a little uh, quiet punching thing at the shoulder, a little punch, you know, and for, for the media. But uh, Nixon says, you know, people can't emigrate. And, and Matsu Tung, this is, I think it was Matsu Tung, this is, um, well, we can give you a billion tomorrow. Would that do you for starters? And that was the end of that conversation. You don't have to do it by war. You just do it through immigration. You can take over any country. Especially when it's authorized by the United Nations and the boys who run the world. Anyway, it says more than 2,000 Chinese citizens sought to emigrate to the U.S. in 2011 uh, through the so-called investor visa. That's more than twice the number in 2010. The program allows foreigners and their families to receive permanent U.S. residency for an investment of $500,000 or more. In some cases, $1 million or more. That also creates a minimum number of jobs. So they can invest in some ongoing company. It could even be a scam, actually. And once they're in, they, they, they just break up the, the fake company and in comes Granny and everybody else. 
says the impacts of all these new migratory, migratory patterns of the wealthy are still emerging. Some economists and socialists say the rootlessness of the new rich could further tear the fabric of countries and communities since the wealthy won't be as grounded in local charities, workers or businesses. It also lead to an arms race and tax policy with locales like Singapore and St. Kitts offering generous income tax and capital gains rates to attract wealthy spenders and taxpayers. So I'll put that link up tonight too for those who are interested in the, in the billionaires. And behind every great fortune, there's a crime. But who cares, eh? Nobody cares about that. Now, the U.S. is examining the plan for the United Nations to regulate the Internet. And it says House lawmakers will consider an international proposal next week to give the United Nations more control over the Internet. It's backed by China, Russia, Brazil, India and other UN members and would give the United Nations International Telecommunications Union more control over the governance of the Internet. It's an unpopular idea with lawmakers on both sides of the aisle in Congress and officials with the Obama administration have also criticized it. So they give the usual back and forth nonsense, but the idea is eventually to have uh, this world system regulated by the United Nations down the road. And we'll see how that goes. Everything's planned, you understand. There's no such thing as a debate. You have a long-term agenda. Every part of it's debated probably 40 years ago. And... Um, yeah, that is, to keep you believing this is reality and you're on the cutting edge, they come out with these stories like the left's battling the right to see if it should go forward or not. That's just, that's just to, make, to keep you trapped in the fake illusion again. Tuna, you don't even know if this is to do with the upcoming meeting in, uh, in, in, to do with uh, in Rio de Janeiro with Maurice Strong, you know, to do with Rio Plus 20. Because they really want you all to be vegetarian or not, but you don't know. You just don't know anymore because propaganda wars is going on all the time. Uh, but anyway, it says bluefin tuna has cut off the U.S. coast. It's been found to contain radioactive material from Japan's quake-struck Fukushima nuclear plant, according to a new study. Researchers found modestly elevated levels of two radioactive isotopes in 15 bluefin tuna caught off the coast of San Diego, California, in August 2011, according to the study published online Monday by Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. The researchers said that elevated uh, radioactivity posed no risk to public health, as the observed levels were more than an order of magnitude lower than the Japanese safety limit and were lower than other naturally present isotopes. Well, Really, I mean, so you don't know what to believe anymore, do you? Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't have the uh, 134 uh, cesium and, and 137, etc. in your system at all. You know how they date old old skeletons? Uh, people who were born before World War II and, and the nuclear testing don't have uh, certain um, Traces of radioactive material in their in their bone structure. They can actually tell everybody who's been born after World War Two, because we have traces of strontium and various things in in the bone, the cellular structure. So uh, we've all got something or another, uh, and we're doomed in a whole bunch of ways. But we certainly don't need uh, our worries added to by these nuclear. Plants uh, crumbling, which they're doing, because the, the big bounty billionaires that are going across the planet don't, don't want to invest in the things that they own to repair them or keep them up to scratch, now that everything's privatized. But maybe that's how the world will go, you know, eventually. Just the survival of the fittest takes us all down. 
And mind you, the way things really go, they will survive again in some other way, which they aren't telling us about. Blackmail is a fantastic thing in commerce. Great thing, especially in the system we live in. Because, you see, if Greece goes, here's what they're telling you now, to, to make everybody say, oh, save Greece, save, keep it in the Euro, keep it in the European Union. Greece's exit from the Eurozone will cost Britain a crippling £230 billion. And its economy would further plunge into recession. Experts, you know, this white coat priest guys, have warned. This is analysis by Bank of America and Merrill Lynch predicted the Bank of England would have to print another £200 billion in a bid to boost the economy. What a joke. You understand that all of economics is a con game. It's not a con game. If it was actually a science, none of but it would never be in a mess to start with, ever, you know. I mean, the same characters who are collapsing the planet and plundered the planet just recently, the same bankers, um, have all these top economists that didn't see it happening, except for their bosses. They all knew it was happening four years before it did. And they even had conferences with all the top banks saying, well, the government will have to bail us out four years before it happened. And just that's all a game, folks. And we're always the losers, but these, these, these gangsters at the top. So here you are blackmailing you. Oh, if you let Greece go, my goodness, it's going to be even worse. And I've got to love the word again, too. It says, uh, Merrill Lynch UK economist Nick Bates said the Eurozone economy would plummet by around 4% if Greece is forced out. The news comes days after it emerged the UK's double-dip recession. I love, what's a double-dip recession? They usually call it depression. But no, you've got to say recessions now. We don't have depressions anymore. Uh, it's called recessions now, you see. Double-dip recession. Double-dip. Is that like poor and poorer? How is that? You know, how define it? It's, but it's deeper than it was originally thought. They just found that out now, you see. So they would have to bail out Greece forever, for eternity. And Spain too, and Portugal, and a whole bunch of other ones. And at the time I've done all that, to start with Britain, because they've been bailing everybody else out by borrowing money to throw at Greece and Spain and Portugal. <laughs> what a con. It's all a con. I hope you realize it's all a con. I hope you, I really do hope you understand how it works. Where do you think all this money is going? You see, there's a lot more billionaires who want to travel the planet and go to exotic places and do exotic things. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, cutting through the matrix and bringing some reality into a few people's lives because many people out there really haven't caught on and they get caught up in the, the ridiculous stories that are given to them and excuses that are given to them time after time from terrorism everywhere, the old sort of reds under the bed ploy and, and uh, same as the Soviet system, they had counter-revolutionaries everywhere, oh, in every house, you know, same idea. And, uh, and meanwhile, you're getting plundered like crazy because society is utterly corrupt, you understand. We're, we're completely materialistic, uh, atheistic and corrupt. Every movie they churn out, it's always about the rich and famous. and everybody, Everybody's following after the celebrities, celebrities. You know, they don't want poor folk telling you ingenious things. They want celebrities to sort of mumble through scripted lines on mundane trivia. And that's good enough for them. But they all want to be up there, and they're really envious. But here's a good article here as an example. It's happening all over the planet, in politics, everywhere. There's always money going missing, trillions, billions, millions. 
And the, frauder, the former head of the Fraud and Security for Digital Banking at Lloyd's, Lloyd's of London, has been charged by the Fraud and Security uh, for the Digital Banking with fraud <laughs> for taking £2.5 million for herself. The former head of Fraud and Security for Digital Banking has been charged with defrauding her employee, the Crown Prosecution Service said today. CPS said that the, the Metropolitan Police had been authorised to charge Jessica Harper with one count of fraud by abuse of position. I wonder what else she scammed during that time that they don't know yet. The charge relates to an, an allegation that between 1st September 2008 and 21st September 2011, uh, Jessica Harper, dishonestly and with intention of making a gain for herself, that means she had ambition, abused her position as an employee of Lloyd's Banking Group in which she was expected to safeguard the financial interests of Lloyd's Banking Group by submitting false invoices to claim the payments totaling it's almost £2.5 million, to which she was not entitled. So they're going ahead with, with the prosecution. But see, what I'm saying is the whole system is corrupt, understand. The whole system is corrupt. Look at politics alone. Look how much money you have to get to even run for politics. To you know, That's if you can get the, paper, the papers to mention you. Anybody mentioned in the major media is authorised to be there. So it doesn't matter if they get in or not or somebody else gets in. They're all authorised. The guys that are not authorised, even if they had the money, uh, you'll never even know they exist. It's that simple. There's been lots of exposés done on this kind of thing before. But at the top, it's just incredible corruption. At the bottom, mind you, we're not supposed to be bothered with these mind-bending things, these cerebral things, in, in fact. You're supposed to be happy with your trivia and, and seeing who has the latest you know, silicone boobs and things like that on television to keep you happy. And, uh, and most folk are pretty happy, actually. Most folk are pretty happy, you know, when they've got a bit of health left, uh, you know, the, all the, the poisonous food that they've got and, and injections they've got haven't kicked in with some long-standing illness. They're quite happy and they can do their regular little things and they live in a little bubble, they call it. That's what they say at the top. They live in a little bubble. Each person does of your own little world. And just like any creature, you like routine, your own little routine. And uh, as long as that routine isn't really severely interrupted and you, and you can afford it, you, you won't complain about anything at all. In other words, most folk take servitude uh, for granted, in a sense. You know, I think it's probably always been that way, but it's more perfected now with the food and the chemicals and the injections. Because after all, the multi-billionaires have got big plans for the future and, and their own offspring, ruling over a future world of servile, happy, contented morons. Well, from Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your God's school with you. <laughs>